What is up, families? Dr. Dale, the author of How to Raise a Doctor and the author of Pre-Med Mondays. Both books are available on Amazon.com, so make sure you grab a copy. And you are listening to the Black Men and White Coats podcast, the place where black male clinicians have the opportunity to share their story. I am super excited about today's guest. It's one of my great friends, Dr. Byron Jasper. Now, Byron and I go way back to immediately after I graduated high school, actually immediately after both of us graduated high school. I was 17 years old at the time, and I went to Xavier University for the summer. Did a pre-med program there at Xavier University, and it was the Howard Hughes program. So shout out to Howard Hughes 2002 summer group. And um, unfortunately, well, I say unfortunately, but I can't really say that because had I not left, I never would have met my wife and had my family, etc. But in a sense, unfortunately, I wasn't able to stay at Xavier because financial opportunities that ended up coming elsewhere. But Byron stayed on through Xavier. And he finished through Xavier and went on to med school at Tulane, became an excellent family medicine doctor. And he's got a great story to tell. And you're going to enjoy this. So finish this whole thing. Start it out. Finish this whole thing. You're going to learn a lot from this podcast. And anybody who knows Byron knows that he's a great storyteller. He's a funny guy, all around great guy. He was with me almost from the beginning of diverse medicine. So he was doing that stuff with me years back. So Byron's been a trooper for a long time. He has his own mentoring program, CAMP mentoring program, does tons of stuff, does, has another program called Arounds, just does tons of stuff to give back. And he's just a great guy, great guy. And when you listen to this podcast episode, you'll be able to tell in part where his passion comes from, why it means so much to him. And that's mentoring. I mean, why mentoring means so much to him. All right. So but really quick, before we get into that, I want to make sure everybody knows about the Black Men and White Coast DFW Teen Summit which we are going to put on. It's going to be February 16th, 2019, Black Men and White Coats DFW Teen Summit, DFW's Dallas-Fort Worth. You don't have to live in Dallas. You can come from all over, but it's going to be held in Dallas-Fort Worth. And it's going to be a big summit. You know, we're planning for a 1,000 people to be there. But in order for that to happen, we do need your help, right? So we have a donation, a fundraising page. We're tax-exempt organization, so it's all tax-deductible. So I'm going to put the link down below in the details section of this podcast. So please click on it. It's a CrowdRise fundraising page. Please click on it and please give whatever you can. We are appreciative for whatever you can give. Just want to make it happen. Want to be able to have this summit for the kids and really make an impact and not just be all talk and what we're saying about trying to get more black males into the field of medicine, but be about business, be about action and put our feet to work. So we're working to get that summit going February 16th, 2019. Please donate if you can. Now, let me stop bugging you guys with that. I'm going to bug with, wait, let me say, I'm going to bug you with it probably for the rest of the podcast. Just remind you guys, whatever you can give, please give. All right. And remember to subscribe to this podcast, share this podcast so other people know about it. And I'm going to be quiet now so you guys can hear Dr. Byron Jasper because I know that's why you're here for this podcast. All right. Great guy. Check it out. What's up, everybody? My name is Byron Jasper, and I'm going to give you a opportunity to hear me talk about my story, which basically revolves around a little bit of struggle, triumph, sadness, a little bit of embarrassment, but in the end, pride about pretty much what I was able to achieve with a lot of unforeseen circumstances. Hopefully my story will be able to give some of you 
an idea of struggles that you may encounter in the future, but it also hopefully will give you a chance to see that if someone like this person is able to make it from where he made it from, I can do the exact same thing. I truly believe that message and I truly tell everyone that I come in contact with that story that they can do whatever they want to as long as they keep on fighting the good fight and pushing to get to that finish line regardless of how many obstacles get put in your way. It could be a rough road and it could seem endless, but it's definitely doable and my story is proof of that. So I guess I should start at the beginning. As I stated my name, again, it's Byron Jasper. I'm a family medicine physician based out of Louisiana, but I also wear a lot of different hats. And as I like to tell a lot of people, I'm always doing something that may be involved with running a mentoring program, trying to get more folks into the medical field that are people of color, uh, doing things like designing t-shirts to raise money for that program, DJing on the weekends just to clear my head, but also to do something fun every now and again, uh, being a dedicated brother, uncle, and a son, and also just being a person who always likes to push himself to try something new just because I don't like being that person who feels like settling is good enough or being mediocre is okay. Uh, it may seem like I'm rambling a little bit, and in all consideration, I think that's normal for me. If you talk to a lot of people who know me, they'll be able to tell you that I probably talk way more than I need to, but at the end of the day, it is who I am, and I'm okay with that. Hopefully, you'll be okay with that, too, as I tell you my story, and hopefully at the end of the story, you'll actually say, you know what, I'm glad he was able to talk through all of this stuff in the way that he does, because it made it clear that it's something that I can do as well. So I'll start at the beginning. I'm the youngest of three. My mom and dad are not the best in terms of being well off. Uh, what that means is we didn't have a lot of money when I was coming up. I'm uh, fortunate enough to be able to say that both my parents are hard workers. Uh, although that they are hard workers, uh, my mom didn't actually go to college and my dad didn't either, but they were definitely those parents that are quintessential in the idea that I could do whatever I wanted to do, regardless if they weren't able to do everything they wanted to do. Both my parents are from Louisiana, Southern Louisiana to be exact. My dad from Convent, Louisiana, and my mom from Homa, Louisiana. And those two places are probably so small, a lot of people wouldn't even realize they exist unless I say them in a sentence. But both of them were, again, very crucial to my success because no matter what we talked about, no matter what we planned to do, the goal was always to finish and finish strong. And that actually came into play several times throughout my career as far as academics goes, but also different things that I encountered in life. Fast forward a little bit that I made it to high school. And uh, when I got to high school, I was one of three valedictorians in my high school, but I didn't go to a high school that was majority black. My high school at best was majority white and fairly even in my opinion when it comes to opportunities. But one of the things that always sticks out in my mind that I always remember that my mom set the tone really early for me was that 
whenever I had the opportunity to give my valedictorian speech, I was basically offered the opportunity to also give up one of the honors that I had achieved. To be more specific, I was gifted the opportunity to be the class president of my senior class. And while I was the class president, I had a speaking part on multiple parts of the graduation ceremony. And one of the administrators, I can't remember who it was, actually approached me and said to me that, you know, even though I was the class president and had a lot of other achievements, including being valedictorian, since I was going to give a speech that one of the other parts I should potentially give up and let one of the other students do it so they could have a speaking part as well, regardless of the fact that I earned that speaking part by being the class president. And me being a high school student, not knowing any better, I'm thinking, well, it's not a big deal. I don't mind doing it. But my mom, being who she is, actually told me, no, you're going to actually go up there and you're going to say that part that you're supposed to say because you're the class president. You earn that opportunity and you don't let anyone take anything from you just because they feel like you should. And from that moment, it kind of stuck in my head that it wasn't something that was just as simple as giving somebody an opportunity. It was more so giving up something I had earned. And that was something that stuck with me and always sticks with me because it gives me the opportunity to say, you know what, even if it seems like I'm potentially trying to outdo everyone else, it's not because I'm trying to make anyone look bad. It's just me trying to make myself stand out. And if I am able to stand out, and succeed, I should be proud of that and not feel like I have to step back for someone to feel like they can step forward. That takes me into my college career, where I went to a historically black college and university, Xavier University of Louisiana, and I was able to meet some really cool people at Xavier and very intriguing in the idea that those people were instrumental to getting me to understand what it was like to have people around you that thought like you and talked like you and had ambition like you to try to hopefully, hopefully motivate you to get to your goal. I say that because growing up in Houma, Louisiana, it wasn't as many black people around me that had the same ambition and goal as me to get out of high school and go to college and then finish college and try to go to a professional school. I could probably count how many people on my one hand that said that they were going to go to college and then after they said they would go to college actually did the things they needed to to go to college and be successful. A lot of us being high school kids in a small country town didn't know what was on the other side. So when I got to Xavier, it made it very realistic to me that a lot of people around me were smart like me, were focused like me, were motivated like me and planned to achieve stuff without just the hope that it could happen, but the knowledge that it would happen. And it's just a matter of time that it's going to happen. Um, I think of that often because coming around people that look like you and talk like you and have similar experiences to you is actually a very empowering thing. It gives you the idea that you're not alone. And sometimes that's a, a very uh, uplifting thing. And it's also something that a lot of people don't realize can help others. You know, a lot of students that I teach and talk with nowadays often come to me and say, Dr. Jasper, you don't realize just having you all come around and talk to us 
gives us a lot more motivation to keep going because we see somebody that looks like us and talks like us and comes from where we come from. And it gives us the mindset that we can do it. And I didn't realize how much that made sense until I got to Xavier. Being around my classmates and some of my friends that are some of my closest friends today uh, often kind of gave me that mindset that, look, if they're grinding, I need to grind, too. If I'm tired, then it doesn't mean that I need to go ahead and just give up and think that it's OK. I need to realize that, you know what, even though I'm tired, I need to keep pushing because there's somebody out there who's competing and pushing to be successful just like I am. So with all of that, I met Xavier. I'm doing everything I can to succeed and I'm pushing myself and pushing myself and pushing myself. And fortunately enough, I was able to apply for a program that was housed at Xavier that gave me early acceptance into medical school. And I was actually selected to join the uh, entering class of Tulane University School of Medicine in my sophomore year, which is a pretty big deal considering I'm from that small town that didn't have a lot of people that came from where I came from and was planning on doing what I was doing. Um, with that, I was empowered, motivated, felt like I was walking on air and was really, really, really happy that I didn't have to wonder if I was going to get into med school or worry about a lot of stuff that a lot of other people might have to worry about when it comes to applying because I actually had acceptance and it gave me a sense of accomplishment that I was well on my way to achieving my goal. And as the time had Xavier passed, I pretty much kept buckling down and pushing myself to do as well as I could and actually finished with 3.6 GPA from Xavier. Uh, was definitely feeling like I was doing as good of a job as I could and wanted to keep going into medical school with a full head of steam to be successful. And Graduated, felt great about my position, actually was selected to be a teacher's assistant right out of uh, summer classes in med school. So I hit first year really excited, thinking I'm going to, you know, go into med school just like any other challenge I've had academically and basically kill it. You know, no, no second thoughts about it. I knew I was going to be successful. I had the right mindset. I had done well in high school, did well in undergrad. I met some great people along the way that were like-minded and pushed me and motivated me and gave me a sense that the hard work was going to pay off. And I get to med school and it was a complete and utter wake-up call. I use the term wake-up call because I must have been sleeping the whole entire time I was there because every time I tried and tried and tried to pass a class, I would run into a brick wall. It seemed like and you would have to be asleep to keep hitting as many brick walls as I hit because it was almost a coin toss if I sat in class whether or not I was going to pass. And it made no sense to me because I'm the same person that had that 4.0 GPA in high school and was a valedictorian in 3.6 at Xavier University and graduated cum laude. And I was in uh, med school literally just sitting there looking like a zombie half the time trying to figure out what was wrong. Um, I would study countless hours uh, and I do mean countless, meaning I literally lost count how many times I would study and not go to sleep. I would stay up late and then wake up even earlier than most still studying and then get to the test and still have no idea what was going on. It was always a 
crapshoot if I would go and check my grades after the test was over to figure out what had happened. And it was very hard. It was very defeating. It was very mind-numbing to literally go through that and constantly have to second-guess yourself. Second-guess, why am I here? What am I doing? Should I actually keep pushing forward because I'm not really doing well like I used to? And again, that's also a wake-up call for a lot of people when I tell them that story or tell them that part of the story, I should say, because a lot of people don't realize that I had struggles like that. A lot of people who I know today, if they hear this, are probably going to sit back and have this look on their face like, not Byron, uh, you're one of the smartest people I know. And a lot of times I'll be very, very straightforward and say, yeah, that might be true, but we all have difficulties. And my difficulty was definitely medical school. So as I'm going through medical school, first year, I don't know how, and I tell I would tell anybody this. I was able to get through first year of med school by the grace of God because half the stuff that I was learning, I had no idea what it was. And maybe it's just the idea of my sheer drive to keep on pushing and keep studying. I was able to get through first year. And then second year came around. And surely enough, my first time in med school that I failed a class came in second year. Um, if I remember correctly, it was actually immunology. And if you don't know what immunology is, it's basically learning stuff about cells and how the immune system works. And I'm not sure, like I said, first year, how I got through a lot of my classes, but that was the first class that I failed and I had to repeat it. But luckily enough, I only failed one class and it wasn't a major class. So because I failed that class, I didn't have to repeat that whole year. But in a way, it was a precursor to what would come. Because I wasn't able to really put together a lot of the stuff in first year and then because I wasn't able to really put together a lot of stuff in second year, I actually ran into an even bigger obstacle than a lot of people would ever really imagine. And that's called the uh, USMLE Step 1 exam. That Step 1 exam is an exam that's, if I remember correctly, it's about eight hours. And uh, if I also remember correctly, when I took it, it was about $500 to register for the class. And I'm sorry, register for the test. And when you register for the test, you basically have to pick your date for the test and study to prepare for it. And most people study to prepare for that test between second year and third year of medical school. Well, I won't bore you with the long and gritty details of the study process, but I will say that I sat for my first step one and I came out of it much like I did my first and second year, hoping that I passed. Legit hoping that it went well because, again, I wasn't sure what was going on, but I definitely felt like I gave it my all. I studied my you-know-what off, and after I studied my you-know-what off, I sat there waiting for my scores and hoping that everything went well and getting ready for my third year. And then after about a month goes by, my score comes in the email, and I open that email, and I'm, like most people can probably imagine, devastated devastated because I had failed my step one. And if you know anything about step one, this is the test that sets you up for what you're going to do potentially for the rest of your life in medicine. If you do very well on step one, you can pretty much pick what you want to go into. But if you don't do well, you're often limited to a very select group of careers when it comes to medicine. Now, I won't get into how that makes sense because I've seen to where people can kill step one and still be dumb as a box of rocks, to be honest with you. I've had colleagues 
and classmates and people that come under me and they take that step one and they blow it out of the water and then they're still not the best doctors just because they are not completely well-rounded like a lot of people I know who don't do well on step one actually uh, end up having uh, difficulties with and when they don't do well they end up are they, they end up being relegated to certain careers which I think is kind of bad but again I won't stay on that too long but as I stated earlier my step one exam came and it definitely, like I said, knocked me for a loop because I had failed. And it was just that culmination of not knowing what was going on really in first year and not knowing really what was going on in second year and then trying to study for this exam and getting rocked to my core because I didn't know what I was going to do. Luckily enough, I was at Tulane University and their policy at the time, I'm not sure if it's still the same policy, was that you could move on to your third year even if you hadn't passed step one. So I went into my third year and started doing my clinical rotations. And I am devastated that I failed step one because a lot of my classmates had passed. And of course, they're all happy and excited and they're sharing their stories and talking about what they're going to be. And I'm over here keeping this huge secret that I failed and didn't want to tell anybody because, of course, if everybody else passed, why didn't I? If everybody else passed, how could I tell them that I failed and Go ahead and be that person that's basically almost like a leper. You're sitting there and no one wants to really talk to you or no one wants to be around you. And people are going to start whispering about you and things like that. So I kept it to myself and was basically really, really torn up about it, but still pushing. Because, of course, even if I fail, I'm not going to quit. That's just not who I am. So I keep moving and keep moving and keep moving through my core, uh, clinical rotations and I get ready to study for my second uh, second go round of step one. And I must have finished two or three of my core rotations in that beginning of third year. And first rotation was family medicine. My second rotation was internal medicine. And the dean at the time told me he thought that would be a good idea for me to take those two because they'll probably well prepare me for step one. And then after I do those two, I'll probably have a better chance at passing. And sure enough, I did that. I studied and studied and I believe I studied about two and a half months and paid another 500 or so dollars to sit for this test this eight hour test that uh, definitely woke me up after that first go round. but I studied and I felt like you know I did my rotations and I actually passed my rotations and I passed those standardized exams after those rotations so I felt ready and I thought I was going to go in and kill it I took my second step um, I'm sorry, I took my step one for the second time, I should say. And after I took my step one for the second time, I actually came out of it feeling the same way I felt the first time. Not sure what happened, but I felt a little bit better. Felt like I did a lot more studying, a lot more preparation. I took my clinical rotation, so I feel like I know I'm doing better. I'm going to do better. I know I'm going to actually have a better score. And uh, fast forward another month and some change to go by, and I get an email and I open it and I failed again. I failed a second time. And what was even worse is that my score actually went down. I studied harder, longer, put in more work, had way weirder hours because not only was I studying at night, I was doing rotations in the daytime. And I felt like I did way better in my preparation to only not only fail, but to have a lower score. So when I tell you I was shook the first time. Imagine how I'm feeling this second time. So shook that I was 
probably more embarrassed than I could have even imagined. I couldn't tell my family that I failed a test twice. That uh, I'm Byron Jasper. I, that never happens. I'm the valedictorian. I'm the 3.6 guy at Xavier. So how could I fail the same test twice? And then how could I fail it worse than the first time? How could I tell somebody that I'm in debt and I don't have money, but I have to find a way to take this test again and potentially pass it? And what is funny is that I'm now sitting here staring down the barrel of what sounds like an endless tunnel um, or staring down the length of an endless tunnel. And I'm sitting there saying, well, I don't know what I'm going to do, but again, I can't quit. Uh, there's, there's no way I could do that. You know, I got too much riding on this. I'm two years in medical school debt and um, the first in my family and the only in my family to go to a professional school. So I, I can't quit. A lot of people are riding uh, or a lot of people have their hopes that I'm going to pass. Um, I can't even begin to think what my parents would say if I didn't pass and if I quit, because I mean, they told me all my life I could be anything I want to be. And for me to just give up after failing this test twice would be unheard of. But at the same time, I'm over here thinking, well, what am I doing? I don't know what happened in first year. It was a blur. Second year wasn't that much better. And I failed this first exam. Then I take the exam again and I fail a second time. And now I'm just basically sitting here treading water, hoping that I don't drown. So as I'm sitting there, I'm still doing rotations, find out that I failed a second time, meet with the dean. And the dean says to me, well, Byron, you, uh, you know, you failed twice and uh, I know it's difficult for you, but you got to take it again. And uh, I just got to tell you that if you don't take it um, before the end of your third year, you're going to have to sit out until you pass your exam. But I also need to tell you that if you do take it and if you fail a third time, then you're going to probably end up on probation. And I remember sitting in his office and it was almost like one of those Spike Lee movies where when you hear those words, all of a sudden you're sitting on that, that seat and the camera's zooming forward and you're just floating through air. I remember those words because it literally scared everything out of me to where I'm just sitting over here like I'm going to get put out of school. I have no idea how it's going to happen, but I'm going to physically get put out of school. The person that has never failed anything in his life. And if I did fail, it never was a class, let alone a standardized exam. And I was sitting there just nervous. And imagine all of that pressure, not only from the people around you, but just on yourself, trying to keep yourself from cracking under all this pressure. And I'm like, you know, one of those people that no matter how bad it is, I usually pick myself up after feeling sorry for myself after about 24 to 48 hours. I don't I don't stay down that long, but I definitely have it in the back of my mind that I got a lot of stuff to get done. Not enough hours in the day, not enough time on the clock, but I got to get it done. So I push forward. Remind you that I'm still in third year and I'm still doing rotations and I still doing my course. So I did my surgery rotation. And after I did my surgery rotation, I did my peds rotation and I did another rotation, another rotation. And I won't forget it because these tests are in my head forever because I remember studying for them. And I remember when I took it and I fast forward again to the third time I took my step one and I took my step one the third time in February of 2000. And I believe it was 2008. And in February of 2008. Set for, I sat for my step one for the third time and I did the exact same thing in the sense that I studied. I, I 
bought multiple books, I did multiple question, uh, multiple questions in the question bank. I, I worked and I worked and I worked and I studied and I went to rotations and I passed my standardized exams and I, I, I did everything I could and I studied and I studied and I felt really good. I, I knew this time it was going to be different because there's no way I'm going to go on probation. There's no way I can't fail because if I fail, that means that now all of a sudden I'm in a hole that's so deep I can't get out of it. And I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to stop my third year and then go into the fourth year with a gap because I didn't pass this exam. I'm going to get in the fourth year and I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to graduate on time and I'm going to do everything that I need to do because all of it is riding on this one exam. And all I got to do is get past this one exam. And I know I can get past it because I'm doing my clinical rotations and I'm killing it. I'm getting great reviews from my clinicians and my my uh, my attending physicians and my residents. I'm getting all of these things that are showing that I can do it. And all I got to do is just pass this one exam. So February 2008, sitting for my exam and I literally give it everything, my blood, sweat and tears. I literally am sitting there going through it. And I remember taking the exam and just feeling like the weight of the world was pressing down on me as I clicked on these answers. For those eight hours, I just felt everything breathing down my neck and I just kept on pouring everything I had into the exam. And then sure enough, it was over. And I left it all there. I walked out the door and I said a prayer and I said, God, please, anything you can do, help me pass this exam because I need it. I don't have the luxury of missing time. I, I can't fail. I got too much riding on this. I need you to help me get through this. And sure enough, as I'm uh, sitting here saying this prayer, I'm just hoping that it goes well. Hoping amongst all hope that everything that I did was right. And I literally go back to my rotation the next day because, of course, I don't have time to take off and figure out what the test went like. I'm literally taking rotations in the morning, studying at night. And I took time off to take my exam and then I had to go right back to class. No breaks. Studying, uh, going to rotations, sleeping, very minimal, and then doing it all over again. So after the third time I took it, I'm in my rotation and I remember it like it was yesterday. I was on my OBGYN rotation and I was signing out a patient to my attending and I was able to have a down moment. So I checked my email and I got the email from the USMLE with my score. And you could swear that my heart was pumping a hundred times a minute. It was going and it was going, it was going. And I was so nervous. So I literally get to the computer and I said, I'm not going to open it right here because, you know, I don't want to open it. And then it might, be, it might not be good news. And if it's not good news, I don't want to, you know, feel upset while I'm in here. So I'm going to try my best to wait. So I waited, finished the day. And as the day went by, I got home that night and I stayed in an apartment. I was in Metairie, Louisiana, which is right outside New Orleans. And I opened my email and I said, you know, a prayer before I clicked on it to read my score. And I'm sitting there saying to myself, OK, you know, you did everything you could. And whatever happens, it's going to be OK. And I'm like, you know. I feel good. I feel good because I've been doing great in my rotations and I know that I did well. And as I literally clicked that email, the way the computer screen was is that you couldn't see what your score was until you scrolled down. So I opened it and I scrolled down. And as I scroll down, I see four letters that to this day 
will always burn in my brain because I'll never forget that feeling I had when I saw it. Those four letters were F-A-I-L and I had failed a third time. And at that moment, I broke down crying. Broke down crying because I had failed all the people that were counting on me to pass, counting on me to be the first doctor in the family, the only doctor in the family. Failed myself and let myself down because I said I wasn't going to fail a third time. I sat there and I scratched my head wondering what I was going to do, but literally just bawling, tears, so many tears that all I could do was just sit there and wonder what was going to happen next. Because, of course, the dean told me that if I failed a third time, that I was going to be on probation. And if I'm on probation, I didn't know what that meant because I'd never been on probation before. I never had any academic problems. So why would I be on probation? Because this is not who I am. This is not what I stand for. This is not what I came to do. So I'm sitting here scratching my head, wondering what happened. Wonder what happened to the point that I'm sitting here just trying to figure out what's the next step. So I literally go and see the dean after all of that and find out that what he tells me is there's no way in the world I could take the step again before fourth year and get my score back. So pretty much I'm going to have to sit out my fourth year until I pass. And then he tells me the even better news after, you know, reminding me that I'm on academic probation. He tells me that you have one more chance to take this step exam. And if you do not pass it, you are going to get put out of school. And it wasn't a probation thing. It wasn't a you're going to have to take a year off. It was you fail one more time. You're going to get kicked out. And I don't think anyone knows the extent of this story. A lot of people know a little bit about it. But that was literally the thing that I heard that literally sits with me every single time I'm taking a test now because I always have to remember that there was a time where I was so close that I was going to end up being put out of school. So I won't bore you with the long dramatic details on this one but the bottom line of the fourth time is that I was actually able to get a mentor who came into my life at the weirdest time and in the weirdest way a good friend of mine basically told me you should talk to this guy because this guy actually had a similar story of what you had where he had trouble with his step and he actually passed it so maybe he can tell you some stuff and when I talked to him, he literally gave me the words that I always remember. He said, Byron, you know the stuff. I've worked with you. He said, I know you know it. He said, I know you know your information because in your clinical skills, it shows. Every time you see a patient, I know you know it. Your problem is you don't know how to take the test. You don't know how to sit and take your test. So that's why you're failing this. You aren't studying the right way because you're not studying for the test. You're studying the material and you need to study for the test. And of course, I didn't know what it meant then, but I know what it means now. And that's exactly what he told me. And he said, you need to do these specific things and it will work out. And me not knowing any better, I literally gave it to God. I trusted this man's words and I literally did exactly what he told me to do. And sure enough, on that fourth exam, I passed it. And I can't describe the feeling that I had when I finally saw the word pass on that computer screen when I checked my email. But it was one of those feelings of, you know, giving a sense that I made it. I proved those people wrong that probably second guessed me, especially the people that might have been in the administrative office saying, well, he's not going to make it. He's failed it three times. So how in the world is he going to expect to get out of medical school? 
and I'm already missing rotations and I'm already not going to graduate with the class that I entered in because I'm off schedule at this point. But that pass actually validated my efforts to the point that let me know I was meant to do this. And all of those things that came along with the failures just basically went away. It went away to the point of me saying to a lot of people, look, I made it. You can make it, too, because at the end of the day, it's not about the failures. It's about the journey. So I can talk and talk and talk, as I'm sure a lot of you know by now. But I told that part of my story to basically give people the understanding that you can do anything you put your mind to. You can get through any obstacle that you have in front of you, but you have to keep going. I could have quit on the first time, the second time, or the third time. I could have actually quit before the fourth time. But if you meant, if you are meant to do this and you really want to do this, you can. It's never going to be easy. If everyone could be a doctor, then everyone would be a doctor. This is meant for people who are battle tested, people who are strong willed, and people who don't think that it's going to be something that just happens. It doesn't matter how many no's you get. It doesn't matter how many doors close in your face. Eventually, one's going to open and you're going to get one yes. And then all you have to do is take that one opportunity and turn it into an endless supply of opportunities. I could literally tell you a long story about a lot of different things within that story, but also things that have happened after that. But I won't bore you with all the details. I'll just say at this point, I'm a family medicine physician. I work as a faculty teaching people how to take care of other people. And if that isn't karma or ironic or whatever the term you would use, I don't know what is. Because the same person who had trouble learning how to get ready to do medicine from a standardized test standpoint is the same person teaching people how to pass standardized tests. Same people, same person mentoring other students on how not to make the mistakes that I did. Same person trying to get people to understand that this is an art form and not just something you can get from a standardized exam. So I say all of that to say, if you're listening to this and you've made it this far, don't give up. If you're listening to this and you've made it this far, know that I'm probably just like you. And at one point in time, I was you. I was the person who was sitting there thinking they could do anything and then got knocked for a loop. I was the person that's the first in their family to do something when it comes to an academic side and still possibly one of the only in the family to be on the academic side of doing something like this. Now, I say all of that and I hope that this has been helpful. I really hope that you hear me when I tell you that I'm just like you. I'm going to keep going through things. I'm going to keep falling, but I'm always going to get up and I'm always going to push through. And I think if you have gotten the drive to do the exact same thing, you're going to surprise yourself that you are going to have a story that might be similar to mine, but probably have a much better ending because you've listened to this before those obstacles and you know how to get ready for them. Uh, I think uh, Dr. Dale is great because he's actually doing a lot of stuff similar to what I'm doing, trying to prepare people that come after us for medicine. So I commend him for doing this type of work. And I also commend him for keeping a lot of us fighting the good fight in a lot of different ways that uh, people may not consider a form of mentoring. But I definitely believe in doing something 
little bit different than the traditional form of mentoring. So thank you, Dale, for giving me this opportunity. And uh, side note, a lot of people don't know this, that Dr. Dale and myself used to be roommates at Xavier for a very, very short amount of time. So uh, he's definitely a brother of mine from another mother. And I definitely appreciate all the stuff that he's done and commend him as well for that. And again, thank you for giving me the opportunity. Dr. Byron Jasper. Now, that's my man right there. That's my man. It's amazing. And he mentioned it in this episode. He talked about how he was struggling with so many things that nobody knew. And I had no idea. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure I saw Byron around that time where he was struggling with some of that stuff. We went to different medical schools, but we would go to the SNMA conferences. And I remember going to SNMA conferences and seeing Byron. And it's like everything was cool. Everything was normal. And I had no idea he was going to going through all that. And, you know, it goes to show you two things. I learned two things from Byron in this episode. First of all, you never know what somebody's going through. You never know what somebody's going through, right? Somebody might be next to you. You might think everything is great. And they might be just struggling, right? So always be aware of that as to how you can be of help to people and how you're approaching people. Always, always keep that in mind. And the second thing is the power of persistence, the power of persistence. Again, Dr. Byron Jesper, you guys have to understand, I don't know if it's coming through, but I've known him for a long time. He's one of the greatest, like he's a great guy, like legit. And everybody who knows Byron knows he's just legit. He's hearts out there, always trying to help people. Knows how to put a smile on your face if you're struggling. He's just that guy, you know. He does all the breast cancer awareness, wears pink and does all that. So he's that guy. And just to think, had he quit, we wouldn't have a doctor like him in the system. Had he given up, he wouldn't be mentoring all these other kids and helping them get into medical school. Had he quit. But Dr. Byron Jasper had the power of persistence. And actually, the podcast. I recorded, I just recorded the Pre-Med Mondays podcast before this, and the podcast, when I, the episode for Pre-Med Mondays this week is on believing in yourself, right? So if you're a pre-medical student, make sure you check out the Pre-Med Mondays podcast. It was about believing in yourself. And, you know, just listening to what Dr. Jasper had to say, that's what he had to come to grip with. He had to figure out, okay, how do I still believe in myself through all this? He struggled. He believed in himself. He found the right help. Boom. He's a doctor one of the greatest mentors you'll ever meet. And he can be that great of a mentor because of what he's gone through now. He's, he has a testimony to share, right? So Dr. Byron Jasper, great guy, man. And if you guys have the opportunity, you know, go online, check out his stuff, CMMP Mentoring. He does a lot of stuff in Louisiana, um, Tulane area, New Orleans area. Uh, just get to know him. Just go out there, you know, Google him, search for him online, check out the stuff he's doing. Amazing stuff, amazing stuff. Dr. Jasper, I personally thank you so much for being such a great friend all these years and for putting it out there. That's why I love this Black Men and White Coats podcast. We got more coming, guys. People just put it out there. You know, he told you right here, he told you something he, has, he doesn't tell people. So I'm sure it's going to be a lot of his friends from Xavier who hear this. And you guys, will be, this will be the first time you're hearing this stuff, right? So the thing about this podcast is we got doctors who are willing just to be real and put stuff out there. And um, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for our black male physicians putting this out there because it's a testimony to witness for those who are coming after us to know, hey, we struggled too. You might be going through some struggles, but you can make it. So to the youth, 
you know, from elementary school through college through post back, all of you listen to this. Hear me clearly. Pay attention to the words of Dr. Byron Jasper. If he did it, you can do it. All right. So please do subscribe to this podcast. Please take the link, email it to all your pre-med clubs, all your high school friends, your college, whatever. Just get the word out. The more people to listen to this, the more people we can help get to the next generation. I'm sorry. The more people, the more people to listen to this, the more people we can help get into the field of medicine. And that is why we are here. Subscribe, share, remember, donate if you can to the Black Men and White Coast DFW Teen Summit. We're trying to change lives out here, all right? Pre-medical students, you know where to find me. I am on premedstar.com. So if you have any questions for me, go to premedstar.com and send me a message. I will see you guys next week. Love you and have a great week. Yeah, yeah.